1: All right, guys, welcome back to the MVM show. I'm Titus, your host, and um, we've got another Campside Sessions, what I've been calling it. And I'm uh, pri- privileged to have Vanessa Carpenter on the show with us today. And um, I know the majority of you listen on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. So we appreciate you leaving ratings and reviews. Um, I'm going to ask if you can also check out our YouTube channel, it's actually growing pretty fast. We're getting close to a thousand subs. That's if you want to watch on video form or you can even listen on there. So go check all those out. And um, today is something I actually I've been wanting to do for a couple of years since I think we're going through years in this podcast. And I've been wanting to do it for a couple is have Vanessa or even your dad on here. And by the way, oh. thanks for coming on oh, and sharing I'm the story. But um, I've been wanting to come on, come on here um, and have you on here probably for a couple years either that or your dad or Jessica or anybody like anybody that was involved in that but so I'm glad you're you're here today. and this story guys is is an actually unbelievable story um I pretty much think I knew most of the details from years ago I mean we lived right down the street from you guys like we were there but we were actually in Oregon when this all happened and Thomas you guys know Thomas he's on here all the time my brother he was best friends with John William, one of the your little brother that was involved in this, and so it was a very and and we're, and again we're just friends on the outside. We're not dealing with it, but I would say if it's okay to say with you. It was it's a story of tragedy, but it's a story of forgiveness, love, and then miracles. Mm-hmm. Would that kind of put that in four short and hope and hope. hope. So. This is might be a lengthy one but I would I would say you are not going to want to turn this one off. You're going to want to listen to everything and see there's so many different things actually I'm kind of getting chills already but there's so many different things and factors in this and I you're very well spoken Vanessa so I don't think there's much I'm going to have to add or say but let's get started I guess. I don't where do you think it's fair to start in this though? Like how do you how do you start into something like this? Just just the day or well, your background maybe?
2: I'll I'll just back it up to kind of where we're at right now, camping. Mm -hmm. Okay. We were, before that day happened, we were up here camping. We were Mm -hmm. up here for two weeks, Mm -hmm. um, doing what we've done our whole lives. You know, this was where we came as a family, something we just enjoyed doing. And, um, we were up here enjoying ourselves. I believe that trip, we were here for two weeks and we cut it a little closer. Typically we'd go a little earlier in August, Mm -hmm. but this, this time around in 2000, we um, cut it a little closer to the start of the school year so when we got home from camping um, we I'll just start off that day we had woke up and my mom actually woke me and Anna up and um, she asked us if we wanted to go to the dealership in Chowchilla with her to go she was going to have our break serviced and of course, school starting the following week, so we were like, "Oh, we're worn out from camping, mm. the cleanup, you know, all of that." We were just exhausted, and so we begged her if we could stay home, and she um, was like, "Well, let me uh, let me think about it." Was a little hesitant, and um, anyway, she agreed. She's like, "All right, that's fine, but you guys have to watch Ashley and John mm. because they were the young ones. They get into stuff. Think they can make breakfast." And how old were they at the time? Ashley was nine and John was seven. Okay. And, um, so we were like, all right, we'll watch them. We'll watch them. Just let us stay home and sleep in. So she agreed. She's like, I'll be back fast. I'll be up to Chilla, I'll be right back. And you guys just stay in the house. And we're like, all right, that's fine. So her normal, she left the room. We never shut doors, anything like that in our house. You know, when we were sleeping with kids, my parents' rule was you leave your doors open. Mm. And um, so, anyway, she left, and me and Anna had fell back asleep. Well, when she left, she left the door, her, Anna's bedroom door, open. And when we woke up, me and Anna both woke up to a very loud bang, and it, we both literally jolted up. We we're like, "Were oh, you boy. guys
1: in the same room together?"
2: What it was is, I can back it up a little bit. Anna had her own bedroom. Okay. Me and Ashley shared right across the hall from Anna. Literally, you our and doors. Ashley- Me and Ashley shared, our doors literally stared at each other, faced each other. And, um, I was sleeping in my room that night and Ashley shared a room with me. Well, John William kind of floated around Mm -hmm. he just, you know, seven years old. yeah, Yeah. The baby of the family floats around. And, um, he had came into mine and Ashley's room that night and begged me to read him a bedtime story. And I was tired. I was like, no, I don't want to read a story. No, we'll just listen to stories, which is what we usually would do. We'd put on a cassette tape, listen to stories. And um, I, they begged me. Ashley chimed in. They both started begging me. And so I was like, all right, one. And one grew to three. Well, anyway, John William had crawled up by me in my bed while I was reading stories mm-hmm. to him and fell asleep. It was a twin bed. I'm squished. <laughs> I was like, Anna's got a queen bed. I'm going in there and sleeping with Anna. So and how old are you? I was 11. You're 11, okay. 11. And so I had got up. Ashley and John were both asleep, and I um, went to sleep with Anna and fell asleep. And then that morning, my mom left, and um, we woke up to this loud bang and didn't know what it was. We both set up, directly set up in our bed and just looked at each other like, "What? what was that? Did you hear that? She's like, Yeah. Ashley and John, her words were Ashley and John must be in the kitchen. Mm. We were thinking pots and pans, mm. something. So we jumped up. We went to, when we set up and started getting off her bed, we both immediately noticed her bedroom door was shut. We we're like, Hmm. Why is that shut? And it's just crazy to me that we would just notice Mm -hmm. that, but that's how much we just left our doors open. You know, unless you're changing Mm. or something, our doors were left open. And we specifically remembered our mom walking out Mm -hmm. leaving it open. So we're like, okay, well, that's kind of odd. Well, let's go. So she got up, she got to the door first. I came along the other side of the bed, kind of to the side of her and she opens the door. When she opens the door, there's this figure standing there with Ugh. his back towards us.
1: It right there, right there by the door.
2: Right there at the door, right in the middle of the hall, and his back was towards us, and um, he was looking in when when my bedroom door was open. You could see.
1: But you were in uh, Anna's room. Anna's room. Okay.
2: When my when our bedroom doors are open, you could see Ashley's bed mm-hmm. from Anna's room, mm-hmm. so we could see her laying there, but this. M- person is standing there staring in her room in my room at her with his back towards me and Anna because we're in Anna's room and we're just standing there like "Mm, who is this Mm -hmm. person he had no shirt on he had jeans on and curly hair we're just dumbfounded we don't know this person just trying to make him out about that time he turns around and he looks at me and Anna and immediately For me, anyway, Anna, I've talked to Anna, Anna's the same thing. Immediately, the first thing we noticed when he turned around wasn't automatically his face. It was what he was holding in his hand. And we both just looked down and he had our pitchfork in his hand. And my dad had recently bought that. We had horses, mules, chickens, you name it, we use it for pitching Mm -hmm. hay. Mm -hmm. And we both were like, why does he have Mm -hmm. that? Well, then our attention went to his face and he starts, he is clenching that pitchfork in his hand and kind of almost like, shoot, get back, you know, almost like prodding it at us. And not and saying so, nothing? No, not saying anything. And it's just silent at that point. And we can still see Ashley laying in her twin size bed across the hall, flipping through those storybooks.
1: I'd she didn't he was standing there.
2: Didn't even notice him. And um, so we're like, okay, she's fine. Well, he then starts coming towards us. So instantly, reaction, you back up. So we start backing up. Well, I go back the way that I came from Anna's bed, and Anna just backs straight back. Mm-hmm. That's where she was sleeping, was near her closet. And he, when he enters the room, he looks at Anna, and he has just this angry, just this, I don't even know, like you can't even describe it, just this hate-filled, like, snarl at her and just his eyes, it was just, I still get chills thinking about it. But um, he just glares at her, and he turns and looks at me. And I look, I'm look i looking right at him, and he looks right at me, and he smiles
3: at Ugh, me. Sorry, Vanessa. Uh, you're, I'm like getting anxiety.
2: You're fine, Sarah. I'm
3: sorry. I've never heard this story. Um,
2: he smiles at me. And it, you know, startled me because it was like, why are you growling? Almost literally growling at Anna. And then turns and looks at me and smiles. But it... To this day, the smile that he gave me was the smile of, "You're fine for now, but I'll get you next." Mm. Is the smile? It literally felt just a just is the most disturbing feeling ever. But I back up. Anna like nudges me. We're pretty close, standing really close. She like elbows me like back up. So I start backing up, and I back up the way I kind of exited the bed Anna backs up towards where she exited the bed and um at that time he tells Anna lay on the bed and my dad that number one you don't ever listen to a stranger let alone when they tell you lay down yeah and um so Anna instantly no and he got angry Mm -hmm. well he grabbed her up by the arm and flung her on the bed and or no let me back it up a little bit he didn't quite fling her on the bed yet. He told her again, lay on the bed. And she again... And she, how old Anna was 13. She's 13, okay. And Anna looked at him and like, mm-mm. And he raised the pitchfork at that point. And she kind of, okay, 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 calm down. And like backed up to the bed, not sitting on the bed, but kind of like backed mm-hmm. up, bracing against it. Like, okay, okay, is this good enough? Are you happy mm-hmm. now? No, he wasn't happy. He got angry. Anytime you would tell him no, uh, anything. And the whole time we're both sitting here Anna, the whole time, Jesus, 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 you know, mm. all of this. Cause we're, we're terrified. He's obviously was, here yeah. at that point. We knew he's here to do great harm. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm backed up in the corner watching all of this. And I'm thinking I had so many thoughts rolling through my head, but the main thought was, what can I do to help? What, what can I do? I got to do something. And, um, I was 11, you know, Mm. there's really nothing you can do. Mm. I mean, the guy was over 200 pounds, six foot tall. I'm 11, Mm. you know, and so I'm sitting there thinking this, praying in my mind, God help us, you know, don't even know where my other siblings are aside from Ashley. And, um, he then gets angry at Anna, rips, grabs her up by her arm, flings her against the headboard of her bed. And I just remember her back hitting that headboard, jolting the bed and her just in pain, like her face was just in pain. It hurt her back. And um, she then raises her hands about that time. She pulls up her knees to her chest and raises her hands. And she's just pleading with him, pleading with him. Please, please, we'll do whatever whatever you want. Please just don't hurt us. What do you yeah. want? Who are you? You know, and the whole time he's just speaking in this gibberish, oh. a gibberish. Like I... I've still to this day, I've never heard anything like it, mm-hmm. just a foreign, but there was someone there, like another being, I don't know, somebody there he was talking to and he, um, would yell at her to shut up.
3: Like, what do you mean talking to you? Like, was he arguing with the person? Yes. Or? It was so
2: like, it was like, there's two different, do you think
3: there was like an angel there?
2: That or demons? I okay. don't know. I think for him it was, he was fighting demons. That's okay. what I think. I truly believe he was fighting demons that obviously we couldn't see. But um, he Anna kept pleading with him. He would tell her over and over again, shut up, shut up. And she wouldn't listen, would not stop, and just kept saying over and over again, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And about that time, he grew irate, irate with her and raised the pitchfork and um immediately started stabbing her in her knees her hands like hard hard full-blown you know rearing back like this is killing me and um you know when that started then it was a different gear for me it was okay um got to think something here defense-wise what are we gonna do and immediately the first thought was a gun Mm -hmm. i got to get a gun and typically before the our lovely state of california Put into effect the trigger, the storage locks, trigger mm-hmm. lock, all of that stuff, storage gun laws. Um, my dad, we all had. Jess, I didn't have one in my room. Ashley, me, I was 11. Ashley was 9. There was no reason for me and her to have one. But yeah. Jess, being the oldest, which she was 14 and I was 13, they both had guns, tipi- a gun typically loaded under their mattress ready mm-hmm. to go. And my dad always had one in his closet, room, whatever you know, to where we could access it mm-hmm. safely. And my dad was big on gun safety. He's every mm-hmm. one of us taught, raised, you right. You use that for protection, hunting only. And if your life's not in danger, you don't even think mm-hmm. about messing with it. Well, lives were in danger. Mm-hmm. So obviously that was the thought. I need, I need to get that. And then instantly I was like, oh, I can't get it. Dad had just recently unloaded them, put them in the safe, ammo in a different spot, there was no way I could get in time into my parents' room, into the safe, up on the shelf to get mm-hmm. the ammunition right. load it. There was no no <laughs> way. And if I could have even got out of the room, he right. was watching us both like hawks, right. I probably wouldn't have even got out. So that went through my mind. Then that wasn't an option. So then it was, okay, baseball bat. Baseball bats are clean in the garage. Completely different end of the house. So that wasn't an option. Then it was, okay, I could jump on him. What am I going to do? He's going to fling me mm-hmm. off. There's nothing you can do. And so then it was like, okay, I can I can pray. And so I'm just sitting there watching, praying, begging for God to make a way of escape. And literally what I had reeling through my mind was we were just up here camping. Uh. So all that was reeling through my mind. How could things be so amazing peaceful laugh we were all laughing having fun how could that be last week Mm -hmm. and this week this is what's going on how you know how how can this be happening and um i then anna is it's weird when you're in a situation like that you almost go into a different bubble and so like Mm -hmm. you know i'm there i'm present but my mind's up here in this bubble of what to do what's going on Mm -hmm. And um, memories and just so much stuff reeling through my mind, and Anna's screams brought me back. And at that time, when I was refocused, I looked, and he was still stabbing her. And um, she had made him so angry, he raised the pitchfork up, and this time he had raised it to her forehead. And she's just sitting there like this. I mean, shaking, bleeding as a mess and crying, you know, everything you can think of. And he um, put it on her forehead, raised it back to make his final, final blow on her. And the next thing we hear is this scream come from across the hall. You leave my sister alone. And it was like, who is this? Ashley then got up out of her bed how she laid there peaceful mm-hmm. through that whole ordeal i a god thing mm-hmm. that's all we can chalk it up to she's 9 9 and um that instantly he r- lowered the pitchfork mm-hmm. turned his attention to her and went immediately to ashley mine and ashley's bedroom and Anna, then, she had stab wounds in her hands, her arms. She ended up getting one in her chest. She had several on her knees. I believe she ended up with 17 total stab wounds. And she got herself up off the bed, made her way to her bedroom door, exited, and I went behind her. And when I went behind her, I could see her, I glanced, seen her going, but then I immediately looked in the room where Ashley was and and him. And again, I couldn't leave her. You know, that mm-hmm. that's my baby sister. I couldn't, I couldn't leave her. And, um, I'm standing there and she immediately, the first thing she did was drop to her knees, wrap herself around his legs. And she goes to biting him, scratching him, pinching him. And the whole time he's stabbing her in the back with that pitchfork in her back, and the back of her legs. And you'd never know he was doing that. She, Fearless, fighting like I've never seen before. You know, typically when you're hurt, what's the first thing you want to do? If somebody's hurting you, you want to get away. She's not doing that. Mm -hmm. Well, the whole time this fight's continuing, he kept trying to rip her off his legs. He's stabbing her, and she didn't notice me standing there. Finally, she looks, and she sees me standing there. And um, she looks at me, and she's oh, go, go. And I looked at her and I was like, Mm-mm. I shook my head. I didn't say words. I just looked at her and I'm all, Mm-mm. and she just kept looking at me like, you, you gotta leave, you know. And I just stood there. Mm-mm. And about that time, he grabbed her up by her hair. Not many people know this, but Ashley was so tender-headed. This is a big, big thing to me that sticks out to me as her sister. I knew this about her. So tender-headed, you could barely pull her hair, and she'd scream and cry. <laughs> I mean, tender-headed. He grabs her up by the top of her head, rips her up by her hair, and flings her against our bedroom wall. And her, I remember her standing up, and her back hits that wall. And her arms go up. And she's got, at that point, blood everywhere, blood on the floor. Um, and he walks up to her, and he pulls the pitchfork back, stabs her right in the chest.
3: Do You saw that?
2: Mm-hmm. And when he did that, she, I could tell something... It hurt. Something was different. And she fell to her knees, and she's like, pauses there on her knees and for just, obviously, this stuff's going in literally mm-hmm. probably not even seconds. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, standing there looking at her almost like, are you going to fight more? You, you got more fight mm-hmm. in you, or are you done? You know? And she crawls right back to him, crawls right back to him, puts her arms, legs right back around him, starts again, scratching him, biting him, pinching him. And he starts, and again, stabbing her more. And that time she looked at me and I'm still there. And she just looks at me, flings her arm and screams at me, go, go. I mean, with the look of you better leave. And at that point, through all of this, that's the hardest thing I've I've ever done, even to this day in my life. It's,
3: sorry. It's totally okay.
2: is leaving her you know because i knew in that moment i knew i'd never see her again here on earth you know i knew and you know thank the lord we have peace and we have a hope you know but i knew that was it and so it was my moment to say goodbye you know and that for me is through all of it has been the most difficult thing ever to to reflect on, to look back on, to live with, is could I have done more? Is there more I could have done? Did did I miss something? Could I have done anything more? And all I can chalk it up to is no, there was nothing more I could do. She paid what I what any of us was gonna have to do that day. She paid the ultimate price. She sacrificed herself so we could leave. And if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't have got out there. So I ran. I ran and I ran with a thought in mind. The only thing that can make me keep going is you got to get her help. She's dying. You got to get her help run for your life. You know, her life depends on you. And so I ran and when I ran down our long hallway, there's a buffet. My mom had a buffet in our house and, um, it was a big old wooden buffet and I'm 11. It was probably about my chest at that time. I wasn't very, very tall. And, I ran up to that thing, and my dad had mules, so he had packs, mule packs, Mm. the hard, Mm -hmm. like, plastic-cased ones, and he had them barricaded underneath that buffet.
3: Who did? That guy. The attacker,
2: yeah, and um, he had barricaded us. His idea was to barricade that end of the house in in that end of the house where we couldn't leave, and um, I looked, and I was like, okay, I can't get underneath it. I got to go over it. And still to this day, I do not remember exactly, like, getting over it. I remember lightly my hands touching the top, you know, in order to Mm -hmm. push myself over. But I don't remember getting over. I don't remember any of that. I do remember um, as soon as my feet hit the tile floor on the other side of it, the tile was cold. I got into that part of the house, which then was our front door. You walk in from the front door and you see our big old living room and the kitchen. It was kind of Mm. very open floor plan.
1: I remember remember that floor plan.
2: Yes, very open. Mm. And so, I get in there and I look and I'm like, um, the everything's dark. The curtains were drawn. He had everything shut, isolated. My mom was never like that. As soon as we got up, the curtains came. Everything was open, you know, and it was dark. And I remember thinking, good grief, where am I I even going to get down at? He had our dining room table barricading the front door, the dining room chairs. He had chairs pried up under everything. Um, You remember the old school sectionals, Mm -hmm. heavy things. Like I still to this day couldn't even budge one Mm -hmm. with the Mm built-in arms, cup holders, all of that, the recliners. We had one of those. It was a big green one, and he had broke that thing down as a three-piece broke it down, and stacked them barricading the slider door. So I couldn't get out the slider. I couldn't get out the front door. So it was okay. Keep running. So I kept running. I made it to about the kitchen, and I could see Anna making her way. She was struggling, but I could see her her making her way. And I was like, okay, I'm, I, I got to get past her and find a way out. And about that time, I could hear somebody barreling in behind me, and I turn and look, and it was him. He was coming. And he still had pitchfork in hand and running. But what was crazy is he wasn't, you know, just running. He is running, but while he's running, he's swinging his hands in the air, like fighting something in the air. And, again, speaking in that <coughs> language, right. whatever you want to call it. And – um At one point when he, I exited the kitchen into the hall near Jess's bedroom door, my oldest sister, Jessica. And I looked back again and he was still swinging his hands. Well, at some point while running and swinging his hands, he falls and lands his belly on our countertop in the kitchen. Lands just randomly, randomly just falls on the countertop. And then comes back up fighting again. And it was like, what is going on? This guy is just crazy. So I keep running. I make it to Jess's door, which is right outside the kitchen into the other hall that goes to the garage door. Laundry room and garage. And I look up at her door and it was shut, which was not normal. I look up and she has holes in the top of her door. And I knew something in me just said, don't even open the door. Don't mess with it. Keep running. Jessica's? Jessica's bedroom. Holes. Holes from the pitchfork.
4: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast,
2: or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself,
4: what is it you want?
2: Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You ready?
0: Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy.
3: We do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita.
0: Make some bad decisions. Yes. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. In oh. the top of the door.
1: in On the door or on, above the door? On the door. On the door, okay. The he
4: was trying door. to get in.
1: Okay,
2: and so um, I kept running. Her, she had a little bathroom, but it was an itty bitty, tiny window. There was no way of me being able to get out, let alone help Anna out. Right. Her, there was no way it would work. So I was like, my last two options are the laundry room window or the garage door. That's that's it. And I get down there, and my mom had in that hallway near Jess's bedroom where there's a big wall, and she had a big bookcase on that wall loaded with books. Well, that was no longer there. When I get to the end of the house, he had shoved that down, blocking the laundry room door, butted up almost against the garage door. And then he had one of my mom's dining room chairs wedged underneath the garage door. I run up to that. I pass Anna. I run up to that, and I'm trying to wiggle that chair free, not budging it. And I, the more I wiggled it, it was like, it's not going to come undone. Mm. It wouldn't even wiggle. I'm sitting there shaking it, practically yanking on everything I could do. It would not move. Mm. And so he had that wedge under there extremely tight. I turn around and I just stand there and I'm like, I guess this is it. Mm -hmm. That literally crossed my mind. This is it. I, I can't get out. This is it. So I know he's coming. Anna's coming and I'm like i guess me and her this is it you know this is where we're we're going to die we're not going to leave we're 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 trapped literally trapped in our mm-hmm. own home no no escaping somewhere you think you're safe yeah right You're home you know uh-huh. you're 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 home you're safe if you're not safe in your own home you're not safe nowhere yeah and i um about that time i i'm the whole time you just keep a prayerful mind you know the whole time i'm like god please help us please help us i know you did not put us on earth to, to go like this. There's no Mm -hmm. way. And out of the corner of my eye, I get this little, the house is dark. Mm -hmm. I get this little glimmer of light out of the corner of my eye. And I was like, what is that? I go over and there were some coats. He had, my mom had a coat rack and there were some coats like butting up against that bookshelf. And he had left that laundry room door cracked. And that laundry room door between mm. the bookshelf and that coat rack, some light had got through. And I seen that, and I was like, I got to try. I, mm. I got to try, you know. So I get up to that, and it was a crack probably every bit of about that big. And I'm like, I'm going to get through. I don't even remember how I got through. All I know is I got through. I was on mm. the other side of the in the laundry room. And I felt so safe, but yet not safe. Right. And I'm sitting there. I stick my arm out, and I'm waving at Anna. Come on, come on, come on. And she sees me, and she's coming. She's coming as fast as she can, but she's hurt. She's weak. She's pale as a ghost. Uh She lost so much blood, and the trauma, you could just tell. She's in shock. She's in shock. She's suffering, and I'm waving. Come on, Anna. Come Uh on. You can make it. Grab my hand. Uh I just kept telling her, grab my hand. She gets there, or almost to me, and about the time she gets to me, I see his shadow coming down the hall, and I can hear him. And what I could hear is... Like this scratching, dragging sound. The best thing we could think of is dragging, he was that, dragging that pitch, pitch wall. Yeah, Dragging <laughs> it. And so I'm, I'm, Anna, come on. You know, even more. Come on. You need, you need to hurry. Come on. And she gets to me. She grabs my hand. And everything I could do, I yank. I pull. And about that time when I yank and pull her through this little crack, um, he gets there. And his hand grazes her foot, misses it. She gets in there with me. I hurry up, slam the door shut, and I'm hold 11, holding yeah. the door shut because there's no lock, no nothing. And she's making a beeline for the window. Mm-hmm. I'm holding the door shut and waiting. And the whole time we're doing this, he's shaking that doorknob. Oh, that- shaking He's
1: not it. even trying to push through. That's what's that's weird.
3: More, that's more scary than trying to be he's, oh, he's messing with it's, your mind.
2: He was playing. No, and the, it gets worse. He started in saying, it's okay, girls. You can oh. come out now. I won't hurt you. It's all right. Come out. I'll be nice now. Because he could have okay.
1: shoved you right through that thing.
2: Right. He could, If he moved that bookshelf there that yeah, quickly exactly. within, I mean, a matter <laughs> of probably from the time my mom left to the time that lapsed, probably 30-something, 40 yeah. minutes if he could do that, he could have easily shoved it out of the way and got in there. No problem. But he did not And so we're sitting there listening to this. and think, It's like
3: a horror movie.
2: Yeah, thinking in our minds, you, you yeah, right. You think we're really going to believe that. Baloney, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, though, the more he kept shaking the doorknob, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to have to put this washer, something in front of this door to give us a chance. Well, Anna gets up on the counter. She gets the window open. She busts the screen out. She gets out. And I'm standing there and you talk about a leap for your life. I'm standing there and I'm like, part of me was let go of the door and run. Part of me as I let go, he's going to mm-hmm. be in here and grab me, you know? So it was just, you know, it's amazing what your mind does mm-hmm. to you when you're in situations like that. It's, you got to decide, split second decision mm-hmm. of run now and hope you get out mm-hmm. or stay here and know you're not going to get out. And so for me, it was run. And try to get out. So I then ran, let go of the door, and keep in mind this whole time we could hear Ashley screaming and yelling mm-hmm. the whole time. Well, when we got in that laundry room again, back to the peace of God and stuff, it was like she knew we were safe. Once we got in that laundry room, she got quiet. It was no more, no mm-hmm. more noises, and um, we we got out. And I hesitated. When we got out of the window, Anna was ready to go to the neighbors. I paused and I said, no, let's go back to get her out. I wanted to go to her window and try to get mm-hmm. her out. And Anna was like, Vanessa, no, she's, she's, she, in other words, she's gone, mm-hmm. you know? And she's like, we can't help her. The best help we can do is get help. And I was like, Anna, I can't leave her. I, I can't leave her. We could get her out of the window. And I was like, no, he come out the slide or anything. Let's go. So I listened. All right, let's go. Thank You're God. right. You're right, and we left, and um, we ran down the side of the road. For whatever reason, we didn't stop at our first neighbor's home. They kind of had a longer driveway. Mm -hmm. I think is why we hesitated more than anything, but we were just, no, keep going. So we went on to the next neighbor's house, and about as we were closing in on their house, we see this person standing kind of on the side of the road but against the fence, and me and her both were like, is that an angel who is that Mm -hmm. you know kids we're like is that an angel who is that we know that person as we got closer it was jess Mm. my oldest sister and she's waving us down and we're waving at her and you can imagine what goes through her mind then Mm -hmm. what happened anna why are you like this we're both. I'm covered in blood. Anna's covered in blood because I was helping her. So mm-hmm. we're just a mess, and we come up to Jess looking like this, yeah, right. and she's like, "What is going on, guys? Someone was in our house." And we're like, "Yeah," and he's he's killing Ashley. We don't we have. Do you know where John is? We didn't even know where John William was. We just knew he was, he had to be in the house somewhere, but we didn't know where. And when we got in our hall initially, my parents' bedroom door was right there too, and their door was shut. So. You right. couldn't see in there if he was in there, where he was. and um,
1: So am I, am I jumping ahead too far to ask for Jessica? She just seen him in there and just left.
2: She. What happened with Jess is she had woke up that morning, and we were sup- supposed to go clean my grandma Hanks's house. She'd pay us little kid money, you know, mm-hmm. to go clean her house. And she was going to come pick us up that morning to go clean her home. Well, Jess had got up, and she was like, we're supposed to clean grandma's house. Why is grandma not here? Why? And you know, all this, well, she went into the kitchen, left her room, went into the kitchen, and we had that cut out, do you remember that, from the kitchen, you could see into the living room, it's kind yeah, of an yeah, yeah. old school uh-huh. thing, where yeah, they is. do yep. the big old yeah. cut out, to where you In see my mind, bed. I
1: could see your kitchen, and your, I think, was it your, um, I don't want to mess the story up, but the, um, I guess that would be the kitchen. I'm thinking, what's it, the dining room? Dining room. Is the dining room in the front by the door, or was that the kitchen? Dining
2: room. That was so, that. Okay. So yeah, I re- right I can see when you in walk in, it's dining. Right when you walk through the front door, <clears throat> to the right is the dining yep. room, then kitchen, uh-huh. and then living room all yes. in front. So we had the cutout in the okay. kitchen so you could see in the living mm-hmm. room. So anyway, she walks out to that cutout in the kitchen, and um, she looks <laughs> out, and there's this man standing there. And Outside. He, in no, in the Inside. living room. And he was completely naked. And she's like, oh, oh. And she said instantly he starts like he sees her, but he starts like grabbing at the ground. She didn't know. She was like, oh, my goodness. Okay. So she went back to her bedroom. You know, that startled her. And she said she sat on her bed and she was thinking, who is this? Why is he here? Why is he not dressed? It's so
1: odd that you... It would throw any uh, an adult off. Yeah, anyone. like almost hard to like react to that.
2: Yeah, well, she was just like puzzled. So she was like, "I just sat in there, and I'm like, who could that be? I didn't recognize him. Mm-hmm. What was he trying to grab? You know?" Mm-hmm. And instantly, she was just like, uh, "Something's not right. I, I, I need to, I need to go get mm-hmm. help." Well, and back it up a little bit too. She had checked the phone to make a call, and he had set our phone, home phones. Said it, yeah, took parking. it off the line and killed our line. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't even make phone calls.
3: Mm-hmm. He knew what he was doing.
1: He was there for a while preparing mm-hmm. all that.
3: Knew what he was doing. He had to be there at least an hour to put everything, yeah. barricade everything.
2: Roughly, yeah. What we figure is anywhere, as soon as my mom left, uh-huh. he came in uh-huh. immediately. And um, so anywhere, they were guesstimating, law enforcement and all of that was guesstimating, anywhere from around 45 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. for all of that to lapse. But, um,
1: so she was in her room trying to figure out what in the world's going on, what is
2: going on, and she said all of a sudden, she was just like, Something's not right, Mm -hmm. this ain't right. So she opened her window, thank the Lord she did that and not go back out. She opened her window, took her screen out, and went. Her window's front of our house, our driveway is right at the front, she's literally next to our garage, so she's right at the front of the house. She gets out her window and she goes to the first neighbor, the neighbor we skipped. Mm initially she went down there and she knocked and knocked and knocked no one answered well that neighbor ended up she was home but she was out in her backyard Uh, couldn't hear didn't know the first neighbor the one we skipped so then we get down to the other neighbor catch up with jess who was on the side of the road trying to decide where she needed to go what she needed to Mm -hmm. do next and um we get there and she was like i've knocked i knocked at them no one's home I went here and banged on the door. I can hear someone in there, but they're not answering. And we were like, well, we're just, we're going to have to bang. She
1: didn't have the the level of. She had no clue. Of get help. Like. You like guys you did. did. No, we so, knew. Because you're like, I'll scream and bang the door we in. We didn't if it, care. Yeah, right.
2: At that point, it was yeah. the, we, our biggest fear was he was going to come out of the house. Right. we didn't know right. what, he, what he was capable of. We mm-hmm. already seen yeah. what he could do. What more could he do? <clears throat> right. So it was get help, get help now. Mm-hmm. And so we went to that neighbor, the one she said, it was the second house down, the one she said she could hear someone in there. But they weren't answering. So we went. We're banging. Please help us. A man's in our home killing our sister. My other sister's out here bleeding, hurt. I feel so bad for them cuz you don't even you, can you imagine somebody coming yeah. to your door mm. and help us, you know? Yeah. Well, they um they were basically Spanish speaking only. Mm. So they there was a language mm-hmm. barrier for one. Well, the lady, she finally Open the door, and she got mad at her husband, was telling him, Open the door, we need to help. Mm-hmm. And so they opened their door, and immediately she was like, Oh my goodness, come in, come in, come in, and sit, 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 you know. And we were like, No, 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 we don't, we can't mess up your furniture, you know. We you want to call your mom, we wanted to get help, and so um, we get in the house, and we were like, We got to call 911, can we please use your phone? We got to call 911, and um. As soon, she was like, yes, yes, phone's right there, you know. And so Jess gets the phone. Jess calls nine one one. Anna, I'm trying to get her to sit down because she's just she's a mess. And she, the first thing she asked the the gentleman in the home was, "Do you have a gun?" And he was like, "Mm-hmm." And she goes, "Can I have your gun to go go help?" Uh-huh. And he, "Oh no, 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 no." And it was an adamant no, obviously, you know. Uh-huh. And So Jess calls nine one one. She's on the phone with a nine one one operator and they're trying to make heads and tails of what's even going on Mm because we're all in a whirl. She can hear Anna panicking. She can hear me talking. She can hear and dealing with Jess and then them speaking Spanish, Mm -hmm. them panicking. You know, so there's a lot of chaos and noise going on and Jess was like, I don't know exactly what's going on, but I need help here now. My sister, I got two siblings, we don't know where they're at. They're still in the home. And she goes, I got one here that's hurting. She's been stabbed multiple times. We need help. And the lady was like, well, do you know the man in your home? Do you know who this is? Mm-hmm. And she, no, we don't know him. We've never seen him before. And she's like, well, I got help in route. So we're sitting there. And we got Anna finally. The neighbor lady was like, no, you lay on my couch, was adamant. She wanted Anna to lay down. And so Anna laid down. She was calming down a little bit. So I was <coughs> sitting there just watching her. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me my mom's coming home, Mm -hmm. my mom. And I immediately just bolted without even thinking out the front door Mm -hmm. and ran to the side of the road, stood by the fence post we've seen Jess at, and I could see the road, I could see the house, and I'm just waiting to flag my Mm -hmm. mom down because I was like, if my mom comes home, she's going to walk right into Mm -hmm. a trap. You Mm -hmm. know, I'll never see my mom again either. So I'm standing there waiting, and about the time I'm out there waiting felt like forever was not forever, but I'm standing there. And next thing I know, I hear sirens after sirens, unmarked cars, marked cars just fly up in our driveway and men get men, all them surrounding our house looking and they're walking up to our house. Like we don't even know what's because Jess wasn't in there. So Jess was having a hard time explaining even what was going Mm. on. So they don't even know what they're walking into. And, um, Some go to the back of the field and I'm sitting there thinking they're in the house, Uh in the house, not in the field, in the house. And um, my mom, about that time, I see this, she had to get a Uh little rental car, temporary car Uh because she had to leave our car there. And I knew which vehicle was because we've had it before. And I see her and she pulls up into the driveway and gets out of her car. And as soon as she gets out of her car, all these officers just like surround her what are you doing here? What's going on? You know, and she, my mom later talking to her, she was like, they were just asking me, who are, who are you? Why are you here? And she was like, I'm telling them this is my home. These are my kids. Where are my kids at? Why are you here? And so then in that <sighs> moment, I knew, okay, mom's safe. Mm-hmm. They aren't going to let her go in the house. Mom's safe. I'm going back in there mm-hmm. to be with Anna. Well, about that time I go back into the house, walking to the house, I hear pop, 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 numerous pops. You did hear that. Mm-hmm. And I knew then, okay. Hopefully, something's better than than what it was sitting, mm-hmm. you know. And but still, didn't didn't know nothing. And I get back in the house. The ambulance gets there. They take Anna. and finally, they let my mom and my dad come down. Mm-hmm. Tons of family started flooding our church. Okay, I'm family. sorry, I, m-
1: I might have missed. So, your mom, so your dad, de- or your mom showed up. What they do with her?
2: They kept her there for a while trying to figure out who she was. They were, are you, who, okay. Did she
1: eventually come down where you guys were at? And they finally. And she didn't know still what was going on in there kind of? She
2: didn't know. She had no clue. But when they, she,
1: she, was she right there when those gunshots were going off? Yeah. Oh, man.
2: My mom was there. And and, you, and your dad wasn't? My dad, building contractor. Mm-hmm. So he left beating summer heat. Yeah. Left, I think, at like 4 that morning if I remember mm-hmm. him saying right. And um, so he is gone and working a little ways yeah. out of town. Mm-hmm. No clue. And, um, <laughs> so anyways, the ambulance takes Anna, um, we got family pouring in into the
1: neighbor's house
2: and mm-hmm, our, into the neighbor's house. And we're, everyone's just like, what's going on? We don't even know what's going on. What happened? Why'd they take Anna away? You know, no one knows. And so then we're sitting there like, and Jess still is kind of oblivious. Don't even know exactly what all's happened other than a man's in our home stabbing every, anyone in sight with a pitchfork. Uh-huh. Other than that, she didn't know no details. She didn't know if we'd seen John. She didn't know anything. And so then it's me sitting there having to Talk. process mm-hmm. all of this and, and not know if Ashley's even alive, if John Williams is mm-hmm. even alive, if he's even, even okay. And hoping, you know, this whole time I'm hoping, Kate, okay, please, one, let them both be alive. Yeah. Second, if not both, please let John William have been hiding somewhere, you know, something. And my mom gets to the house. My, my dad, I, remember, I don't remember, like, much of, like, if they both came. I remember my mom coming in first, but I don't remember how much time lapsed before my dad got no. there. It don't feel like much. It might have been a little bit. But I remember my mom coming in. My mom okay. didn't even ask questions. It was just immediately hugging me squeezing me, me Into and your Jess neighbor's house still. in the neighbor's house still because she sees two ki- her two of her kids. You know, she knows Anna's in the ambulance, and then my dad gets there, and then my dad's like, "What? What even happened? What's going on? I don't even what What in the world? Where's Ashley and John? What's going on? You know, Vanessa, did you see them?" And it was like, one, not both. You know, and and I didn't. It was hard because I didn't want I was still in shock right I didn't want to go into detail on what I'd seen Ashley Mm -hmm. go through because then I knew immediately because I knew in my mind I knew in my heart she was gone Mm -hmm. there's no way she could survive what I seen her go through and so I knew she was gone but I didn't want to speak I know what you're saying that Mm -hmm. to my parents you know Mm -hmm. that's hard like how do you speak you don't want to speak it period Period. no because I was holding on to hope she's going to be okay she's going to make it you know I'm trying to I think a lot of times when you're in shock, you kind of live in a little bit of denial Mm -hmm. on the situation, you know, and she's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. Just telling yourself it's going to be all right. And um, then I remember after that, I remember more family pouring into the neighbor's house. And I remember my um, mom and dad, some officers had came in and they kind of huddled us around in the house in the neighbor's house. And they were like, well, you know, this is a tough day. Here's what we know. Mm -hmm. You know, as of right now, here's what we know. And they were like, your, um, son is gone. And your, your youngest is gone. Your youngest daughter, they're, they're both gone. And I remember for me hearing that it was just the worst sock in the gut. I have Mm -hmm. ever felt. And, I remember the look on my dad's face mainly. And I, and I remember my mom, but I remember just the look on my dad's face. All his color just, uh, you could just watch it, just gone. And he just, tears just started pouring. And he was like, what do you mean they're both gone? And they were like, they're gone. You know, they they died. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we don't know how much, how easier we could put this. Mm-hmm. But they're not, they're not alive. Yeah. They're, they're gone. And then <clears throat> They went in further to say, we tried. We did everything we could do. We tried. Your little girl, we tried to save her. Your little boy, he was already gone. What we found out later is John was the first one that got attacked that morning. And he got up from my, initially where he would fell asleep in my twin bed Mm. from me reading stories, he would got up that morning before Mm. my dad had left for work and hopped in bed with my mom. And so that's how he ended up in my parents' room. And that's where he died, was in my parents' room in their bed. He was asleep, sound asleep from what they figure. And um, he suffered multiple puncture wounds to the forehead, his eyes, and his neck. His neck was the, they said that was the one that did uh-huh. the job because it severed his juggler vein. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and his spinal cord was also severed. But um, he died in his sleep is what we were told through autopsy reports and all of that. They said that he peacefully, went peacefully. Uh-huh. Um, Ashley ended up suffering over 150 some stab wounds. She had several. Um, he came in later. What we also found. I actually recently found this one out about probably a year ago. I've been writing, writing, a, mm. trying to write a book in regards okay. to all of this, and through that you got to do a lot of yes backtracking. You know, and and get your facts straight. Get your facts straight. And <clears throat> so I had poured through autopsy reports. And the police reports and all of that. And one thing that I I just recently discovered, which was about probably a year and a half ago, I found it, was in that report, they had stipulated that when they went to, when the officers got in the home and they went to her bedroom, her bedroom door was shut and locked, but forcefully opened. So that tells me when we left, she somehow, when he left her, she got up, locked her door. And we also found out she had a bloody handprint right underneath her window. So we know she she was trying to she escape. To she was trying to get out. But she was so weak, hurt, probably uh, probably already gone. And what we found out through a lot of the autopsy reports, too, is that she had suffered a lot of what they call them um, post, po- post... Oh, I can't think of the word. Post-traumatic? Po- it was basically post-traumatic. She was already deceased, and he went back in there and harmed her more.
1: Oh, wow.
3: Um, he hurt her after she was dead.
2: Already dead. So post-mortem? Post-mortem wounds. There you go. So she um, suffered a lot of those. John William, they feel like, also had several post-mortem wounds. So he went back in there to both of them. <laughs> and Ashley ended up, he had knocked teeth out. Mm. Ha- one of her eyes was knocked out. Um, she had chunks of hair missing. Ashley. Ashley. And yeah, she had, um, stab wounds, several defense wounds to her hands. She had, I believe her, one of her ankles was fractured from being stabbed so bad. One of her kneecaps was also fractured. She had multiple, multiple stab wounds to the chest, the back, her neck. Um, the best thing they could figure is she died from bleeding out. And, um, but he did go back in there. That's again, back to the autopsy report and the police reports is when he went back, he forced the door open that she had shut and locked and took out more rage on her after she was gone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all that stuff's hard to hear and hard to cope and deal with, you know, going Mm -hmm. through that's already hard enough. Mm But when you hear all that, it's like, how can somebody be so angry uh-huh. to two innocent children he didn't uh-huh. even know? He didn't even know. We didn't know him from Adam. Never met the guy a day in our lives. Never knew him. And um, it's like, how can, how can somebody cause such significant harm to someone you don't even right. know? You know, especially two little children. One sleeping, uh-huh. sleeping in his mom's uh-huh. bed, you know? And when John William was sleeping, my mom even had a plaque. I believe the plaque said, God bless this home. And my great-grandmother's Bible right there by, literally right by her bed on her bedside table. And he had taken that plaque and turned it down. face, So you can't even read it, can't see it. And my mom, every we backtracked in every room of our house, we had a Bible. Mm-hmm. My mom had all the scripture pictures all throughout the home. So he had numerous reminders of, Mm -hmm. you know, read that, look what you're doing, what you're doing is wrong, you know, and still, even with all of that, Mm -hmm. with all of our pleas, with all of us begging him to stop Mm -hmm. praying, you know, all of that, he still pressed through and did what he did. And that tells you what hold Mm -hmm. basically demonic hold was on him. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was insane. And through the whole attack and stuff, his eyes would even change color. His shade would change, he'd get like a almost like a gray where it was like you were peering down like a dark tunnel to where you couldn't even see mm-hmm. a pupil, anything, and then they'd get almost like this orangish red tint when really? he was in rage. Really? Yeah. And then he'd foam at the mouth, he'd spit everywhere. We already talked about the weird tongue he would uh-huh. speak in and looking around and who he's talking to. It's just absolutely in- insane. Like you weren't even, that's why I say we weren't even dealing with a human being at that Mm -hmm. point. We were dealing with a monster is Mm -hmm. what we were dealing with. There was no, no matter how many times we pleaded with him, no matter how many times he'd see us cry, scream, it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. There was no stopping him. And I remember um, law enforcement, they went in, when they got in, I believe they first went in through the front door and he was waiting there with a pitchfork. And so they backed out they were like, nope, nope, nope. He's in here waiting. And so they went in through Jess's open window and they came did. in that way, and he met them there at that door and had the pitchfork raised, and they kept numerous commands. They went back, and he ran out the backslider door, actually, moved, this, moved the sectional, Really, moved, ran out the backslider door, and an officer was out there and told him, hey, drop that, drop that, talking about the pitchfork. And he just stood there and laughed at him, ran back in the house. And so officers came back through the front door, met him there, and he had the pitchfork raised at him, and they made numerous commands to him to mm-hmm. drop it, and he wouldn't, and kept coming at them. So then they opened fire, and that's where he died, was in our entryway in the house. Mm-hmm. That was the numerous shots mm-hmm. I heard. but And I believe it took, I want to say, don't quote me on this, but I believe it was 10, 10 shots it mm-hmm. took to just get him... Down. On the ground. Mm-hmm. Down. Down. Down.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think when it first happened, you mentioned this earlier, but when it first happened, everybody, of course, right away says he was high as a kite on something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what was the results of?
2: The toxicology report only came back indicating traces of marijuana. That's it. That's,
3: That's unbelievable. It. Traces. That is all. Shows the hold the devil can get yeah. on you. It does. And like you
1: said, it shows... You know, a lot of people, and I don't know how many people listen to this are going to believe this or not, but that just shows that there is demon possession, d- possession yeah. and that there is Satan that's out there. The Bible says to kill, to still kill, and destroy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's not always just in the, uh, the um, spiritual, mm-hmm. but the physical. In this situation, it was a physical, but also what it could have did— And that's this is kind of to go to the back. I don't want to end your story at all and take anything away, but it could have killed you spiritually, all of you, every single one of you. But where? How can we go into that? Because I don't want to short that story. Is there is there more to add on to this whole thing, or do you want to go into how you guys coped with it and how? I mean, because
2: yeah, I mean, you know moving on from that day forward was a struggle. It was hard because so much changed, you know, we could no longer, it was initially, do we go back? Do we move back into our home? Oh, yeah, do we? No. And how and could you, yes? we couldn't, as right. girls were like, we can't dad, we, we can't move back no, in there. And yeah. that was supposed to be our forever family home. My dad built mm-hmm. that in the country on and our 10 acres. Yep. We were staying there. That was our forever home. Mm-hmm. And it was, sorry, we can't go back, dad. Mm-hmm. We can't get, All that out of our minds, Mm, we can't and and so then it was okay. Now I gotta sell our forever home. Where do we go now? You know Mm. what do we do? And thankfully the Hatleys opened their home up to us. Okay, is that where you stayed? Where we stayed for, I think it was like three
1: brother and sister, Hallie. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, we stayed there. Were they there too, or did they just move out? Or
2: no, they stayed there too. Yeah,
1: over on Sweetwater. Or no, they weren't. Is that where they were? The one over
2: by Childs. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And so we stayed huh. there with them. They opened their home up to us until we, my parents could get a game plan. And thankfully, my grandparents, my grandma, Grandpa Hanks, my mom's parents had a granny house mm-hmm. right next to them. Mm-hmm. And that was open. Mm-hmm. And so we got what we could from our home, moved in there till that, that, you know, you had to have a cleanup crew go in there and do all that. We None of us could do any of that. No. You can't do it. And so, yeah, then it was like, Well, we can't stay in this little granny house. It's a two-bedroom, one-bath, tiny house with, you know, four of us. And it was just, or five of us left, counting my mom and dad. But, you know, it's like, where do you go? And it was hard. You know, I'll never forget one of the most powerful moments in my life going through all of that was, you know, as kids, you look to your parents for strength. You look to your parents for everything, right? Well, I watched my parents wade through that. And it was like, man, how are they going to handle all of this? You know, Mm -hmm. that was dad's son, both their babies. Mm -hmm. You know, how are we going to, how are we as a family going to cope? You know, I was 11 years old, but you think about those things. Oh, yeah, totally. You think about them and you worry about them. And that had happened on on a Wednesday. So church obviously was completely Mm -hmm. canceled that night. But Sunday, that very next Sunday, I remember my dad waking us up. Let's go to church. We're going to church. And I was okay, let's go to church. We go to church. And obviously when you're it, it impacted our whole church. Mm-hmm. It, we're a family. Yes. You know, it impacted every single one of us, like you talk about Thomas. Mm-hmm. You know, John Williams' best friend. Mm-hmm. It impacts not right. just your immediate household, mm-hmm. it impacts everyone, <clears throat> our whole community, you know? And we go to church and I'll never forget them singing and everything in church. And I just kept watching both my mom and dad just sitting there on our bench watching them watching their, their praise, you know, are they going to, you know, are they upset at God? Mm -hmm. Are they, you know, and I'll never forget seeing my mom just tears pouring down her face. She stands up, her and my dad, both just standing up with the whole church and both hands raised in the air. And my mom got out from the pew and walked around the altar, crying, but with praise. And it was just like, that for me, told me whatever Mm -hmm. my mom and dad have, In that moment is what I want. Uh And, you know, that was, okay, that's hope. Uh That's where restoration and all of that can come Uh from is that hope. And so from that point on, it just kind of became a building Uh process for all of us, you know. Uh And it was, you know, you go through grief, and grief has so many stages. And you think you're getting better, and then you just find yourself crying your eyes out for Really no reason, you know, and then you have to wade through the water of trauma and Mm -hmm. living with trauma, nightmares. I dealt with nightmares, horrific nightmares for months to the point of, I was afraid to go to sleep. I wouldn't go to sleep. I'd stay awake for days, not sleep. Mm -hmm. And at the Hatley's house, in fact, I was just overran with fear of going to sleep And hadn't slept for days. And mom and dad was like, we're going to have Uncle Johnny's here. Brother Hatley's here. All of them are here. We're going to have them come in and pray for you. And I was laying on the bedroom floor where my parents were sleeping. And they came in and prayed for me. And I remember Uncle Johnny praying and saying, I I speak peace over her mind. Let her sleep. She needs sleep. She needs peace from this torment. Let it leave her. And just praying for me, you know. And that night I went to sleep. Uh That night I fell asleep. And I was so afraid to sleep alone. I mm. slept with my parents that of night course. and I'll never forget that morning. the next morning my dad I fell asleep that night. I slept oh. like a rock yeah. that night. And I'll never forget that next morning I woke up and my dad's my mom and dad's still in there in the bedroom and my mom was up doing stuff and my dad was laying there and he's just looking at me, you know, kind of like this and he looked at me and he said, Well, Vanessa, did you You could tell scared to ask if I had another nightmare. Uh And he goes, did you sleep all right? And I was like, yeah, I slept great. And he was like, you did. Oh, okay. No, no bad dreams. No. And I go, no. In fact, I had a beautiful dream. And he goes, did you? And I go, yeah. And instantly he just, his eyes start welling up with tears. And he goes, well, do you want to tell me about your dream? Uh Sure. I'll tell you about my dream. And. So I told him about my dream and my dream was I woke up in this, me- in a meadow, not this meadow, but a meadow similar, you know, and I could hear and here in, in this, while I'm walking through this heavenly place, colors I've never seen, I'm walking and I hear roaring water. And I was like, ooh, I want to find where that's coming from. So I walk and I walk and I walk through this meadow. All of a sudden I come up on this big old waterfall and it's just massive waterfall streaming through this big old meadow and I'm just standing there looking at that water in my dream, just looking at it, just taking it in. And next thing I hear is laughter. And I hear little kids laughing. And I'm like looking where the where are these laughs at? The most you know, when you hear kids mm-hmm. laugh, it's the most joyful mm-hmm. laughter ever. Yeah. It like makes you almost happy. Mm-hmm. They're so happy, you know? And so I hear that and I'm like, I wanna find them. I wanna find where that's coming from. So I'm looking and I look back to the side of me where the waterfall is coming into that mound of water. And I look and I see three white horses, three white horses. I see Ashley on one of Mm. them, John William on the other, and my cousin Cody who um, he had passed away from leukemia at age, how old was he? six, I believe, when he passed away, but we were really close. Mm. And so I lost him. So three people in my Mm. life that impacted me Mm -hmm. when they died. You know, I looked and— Oh, I was so excited in my dream, and but this this mound of water was between me and them. I couldn't get to them, but I'm standing there waving, and hey, don't leave me, I'm over here. you know, hello, notice me. They didn't notice me a bit. They were laughing they as they got closer, I could see no holes like that's the mm. first thing I looked for was holes, wounds, nothing on mm. on either of them. My cousin Cody, when he died, had a bald head, he had a beautiful head of hair, you know all mm. these things they were made whole. And so for me, instantly, my takeaway from that dream was they're made whole. They're okay. Uh-huh. They're at peace. They're happy. They're happy. And they're not hurt. You know, they're in heaven. They're not hurt because I'd been tormented so much with, are they still hurting? Uh-huh. Or, you know, at 11, And you know, I yeah, I'd ask Jesus to, to live into my heart and, uh-huh. and my life and all of that. But you don't fully grasp at 11 Right. really what it's about right. you know what i mean and so for me witnessing that in that dream was that's what it there that's what it is when you go over you cross over to heaven you are made whole you know you don't you don't carry what we've what's been hurt here you don't carry that there you're 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 made whole you're better you're well and from that point on my nightmares were fewer and fewer and fewer i'll still have one on occasion but
1: even, even to this day mm-hmm.
2: even yeah. to this day i still deal with like Like, post-traumatic stuff as Mm. far as, like, I'm constantly looking over my shoulder, loud noise, anything like that will startle me. it trigger. Yeah, it'll re-trigger stuff, certain smells. If I smell Mm. funeral homes, I can't hardly do them. The smell just just kills me. Um, Even I talked to you about me working in law enforcement. That was hard because the smells, Do you think
1: that somewhat helped you because it forced you into that? I mean, you chose to do that. Mm -hmm. Do you think it kind of helped you, forced you into that to in some ways.
2: Yeah. That in turn, when I went through that, my goal now is I want to help others hurting, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? And so for me, law enforcement, what better way, you know, mm-hmm. the, I seen the help that they were for us. I want to be the same in return. And so that's why I chose law enforcement mm-hmm. and all that. But it was, it's hard. Like that was hard because, you know, it's a reopening you to, all, right. all those elements, mm-hmm. you know, and smells and I hear certain sounds and yeah. I, I remember things and it's just, you know, it's a lot. But, you know, when you have the Lord living in your heart and your life and you have that peace, there's nothing you can't overcome, mm-hmm. you know. And another thing is, is so many people want to blame God, you know, versus blame the person or what happened or who did it and all of that. You can never, I can never blame God. God didn't do that. God didn't give him the pitchfork and say, you, you go do this. Mm -hmm. No, God gives each of us, you, me, Sarah, each of us, our own minds, Mm -hmm. our own time to decide what we're Mm going to do with our lives. He made that decision for himself Mm -hmm. to do that. God didn't, you know, God didn't. And so how can I blame, how can I blame god for doing that Mm -hmm. you know you can't but with all of that when you process all of that and break it all down in turn you're left with ultimately you're left with peace you're left with hope you know and i i to still today i'm so thankful for that hope because i mean how miserable would we be if we didn't have a hope a hope of heaven a hope of seeing our loved ones again Mm -hmm. without that there's nothing you Mm -hmm. know so I don't know. It's just, you go through that, and it is just a building process of processing trauma, processing mm-hmm. grief, processing moving on, processing selling a home, processing what do we do now, where do we go, do mm-hmm. we stay here, do we move somewhere else, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, through all of that, your biggest hope and your help is obviously God, Right. your faith, that mm-hmm. your church family yeah. is, it's irreplaceable, <laughs> honestly, it's... You can't even put words to it when you go through something mm-hmm. like that. You rally around each other. You
3: help. And can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Um, so most people would going through something so horrific would be obviously go to a doctor and be put on medication. And mm-hmm. can you share if you guys got on medication for that?
2: We never did. Um, obviously, our doctor, all of them said, we, we needed therapy. We needed a psychologist. We needed meds, you know, obviously with my nightmares and mm-hmm. stuff that was obviously, um, mm-hmm. yeah, she needs help. Yeah. And for us, it was no, our help is prayer. Our help is our faith. Mm-hmm. And my dad's answer every time was we've got our pastor, you know, if, if we need counseling, if we need help, we go to our pastor for that. And, you know, many times uncle Johnny would come over and talk to us, mm-hmm. help us, Through things, you know, Mm -hmm. and not just that, but through prayer, Mm -hmm. through our church, going to church, you know, all of that in itself was, but I, um, recently or last year I had spoke, my dad, my dad spoke at the Merced Mm -hmm. college and for years, I think it was two years after our tragedy happened and he spoke for, he's a, he's a psychologist and why he had my dad come and speak is because he's like, my mind's boggled. Right. This don't happen. I understand it. This don't happen. They should be, yeah, should be on, on medication. Yeah. Antidepressants. They should have a psychologist mm-hmm. or a therapist that they see. He wouldn't know. He, 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 he didn't understand. He, he don't understand. Comprehend. He don't understand. And. He was like, I just cannot, you guys boggle my mind because you're not on nothing. And he'll. I spoke for him last year since my dad oh, really? moved away. Mm-hmm.
1: He's still having you.
2: Mm-hmm. My dad threw me out for that one, said, <laughs> I'm out of I'm out of California, you but you bus. have her. <laughs> yes. And wow. so I spoke for him. I went to him. one of those when he did you. Yeah. So he had me come and speak and right in the class, he stops and says, Vanessa, tell them what you've been on. Tell you know, they want to know. Most
3: people would be on antidepressants, anxiety pills, yeah. sleeping pills. It all all come, of it. Everything. Everything. I mean, people go put on it just because they don't know why. They just nope. get put on it. Maybe to me that's just, just I know why you're what, not <clears> yeah. What was but, the
1: reaction of the people in that college class? It was called college class. Yeah, right? college class, yeah. What was could you see it? I mean, I'm sure every time it's I remember what Oh, sorry, go ahead. What it, was that?
2: It was instant You can see it. Oh, you can see it. Instantly. Did you it was, tell
1: the whole story just like this?
2: pretty much you know I kind of obviously this I'm trying to be more raw yeah. and share more more finer details because yeah. um, you got a time limit at the college right. too yeah. so I have to like really limit it but um, but I shared quite a bit and I mean instantly it's just I you hear a lot what oh, mm-hmm. yeah crazy whatever no really and then they're like I had a question I'm mm-hmm. like yeah and they're like no therapy whatsoever no no nothing and I was like unless you consider at from time to time years ago talking to our pastor that's the only therapy we ever had and they're like medication nothing nothing to help you sleep nothing nothing to help us sleep but if you
3: would have got on those things you'd probably still be addicted to them
2: oh yeah you you depend on them you You know you get to a point you depend on those things and Mm -hmm. another thing is um
0: Through the Blackwater bayous, and in the dark Louisiana night, floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.
2: My um, dad was adamant on is, you know, when you have faith, when you believe in God, Mm -hmm. that's what's going to see you through, you know, not medications, you know, not none of this stuff, and he didn't want to see us getting going down that route you needed
1: healing you didn't need a band-aid on no. top of yeah. it
2: exactly exactly
1: and and talking about the pt because that's ptsd right, right. so dreams and nightmares and all that mm-hmm. stuff so that's it's so a lot of people hear that term they always think of people in war right Oh yeah. but all it really is is any i mean if you get in a bad car accident the sounds you hear my helicopter crash right. deployment all those different things that happen right um sounds like you said yeah. i i still so relate the smells yep yeah. yeah. Um, it instantly instantly brings you're, that
2: you're taken back to a place you once were. Like you're, you know? like you it just right happened.
1: Mm-hmm. So we know that that's gonna be forever. And I would say maybe the the um, well, how could I say that the power of that reaction, the first few times compared to what it is twenty or thirty years later, maybe is not as. Uh, strong and right. overwhelming right. and not that it's doesn't affect you no. but like and I'm not trying to take away from your story but when uh, they would shoot rockets in that we had these sensors that could alert you right. as they're coming inside the base right. and you were supposed to take cover which you could never get there in time anyways before they hit so mm-hmm. you just better be ready to go but right. that that um, sound that would warn you to take cover there are high school played that still does it to this day. It's like a tone that goes out to let him know, I guess, lunch is over or something. Wow. I'm not sure. Still the barred. first time it happened to me, it doesn't really anymore. It still makes me think about it. Right. I still right. think about still think, yeah. instantly about deployment. And again, it's nothing like, I'm not even comparing the situation, trust me. But before it's I knew it, trigger. it was oh, straight yeah. up reaction. I was on the ground. My heart was pounding. I can remember right where I was at. Yeah. I was in our garage yeah. by the, the washer and dryer. Dropped to the ground. Heart's pounding. Sweating. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't even know how I got here right now. Right. You know? Laughing. Yeah. So so I totally understand the
2: the triggers. The trigger laughing. stuff yeah. of
1: that PTSD situation. Yeah. And, and and a lot of people dealt and don't even know it. Oh, yeah. Like I said, yeah. just from a car accident. Just oh yeah. You, you're ner- like Sarah, nervous when you're driving to rear end somebody. She's been yeah. rear ended. Like right. we've all yep. but again to go back to your story, not taking away from it, um everybody listening out there. You know, I don't know who's listening. I I don't know how you could hear the story and not cry. And let it affect you because the power of, I'll say, God in your guys' life and the training, even though you guys were so young, a 7-year-old, a 9-year-old, 11-year-old, a 13 and a 14, it's like, you know, thank God you're parents instilled in you to say the blood of Jesus that's what's been instilled in my life to call out to him when you're in need and if there's anybody listening to this podcast and you need God in your life and you don't really maybe you don't don't even know what you're searching for or looking for you need God and he can help you he can change you he can save you he can set you free it doesn't mean because you are a christian you have jesus living in your life doesn't mean you're not going to face things no no it doesn't mean you're not going to go through the fire to where you don't feel like you can live another day mm-hmm. but what it does mean is like you said you have hope mm-hmm. you have someone to go to mm-hmm. and someone to be there for you mm-hmm. and beyond this life yeah. and that's hard that's hard for a lot of people to accept that there's something beyond this mm-hmm. it's not going to be a big party It's not going to be a bunch of this and that. Mm -hmm. There is a heaven and there is a hell. Mm -hmm. There is a judgment seat. And if we have our names in the Lamb's book of life, we ask him to come in their heart. And if there's anybody out there that wants to, all you have to do, you may not know fancy words. You may not know how to pray. I've prayed with people that said, I don't know how to pray. All you have to do is say, Jesus, Mm -hmm. Jesus, save me. Mm -hmm. Jesus come into my life. And I would I don't I don't want to end the podcast this way but I would like to say a prayer right now for anybody out there listening to the story and then I'd like to, you to end it with to me another a great message of hope with Josiah and them so yeah. I'm going to take my half real quick and say a word of prayer <clears throat> Actually I'll would you mind praying too I'll yeah. say a prayer and then maybe you can say a prayer Lord we thank you God for this moment and this time Lord uh, Hear this story we're not we wish our nature being a friend a lifelong friend wish to god this would never happen and we don't always know your plans god but we know that you have everything in control and if there's anybody listening to this podcast this episode right now that maybe doesn't know you or maybe has known you in the past lord that has gotten away from slipped away from you i pray lord that you would touch their lives and move in this the, their vehicle lord at the work, if they're listening to it right now, and that you would help them, Lord, come back to you. Lord, that you would show them your love, that you would show them the hope that you have to offer, and that you would come into their lives, Lord, and touch them right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, for anybody that's faced hurt or pain or suffering, God, I pray that you would touch them and strengthen them, let them know that you are there, and that you will never leave nor forsake us, that you're a friend that sticketh closer to any brother. pray, God, that you would give them a special peace and a special comfort in their storm. Whatever they may be facing, Lord, we ask in your name we pray. Amen. Vanessa, if you'd like to say a prayer to you.
2: Lord, Lord Jesus, God, I ask you, Lord, that anybody that's listening to to my story, my family's story, Lord, if you've, you know of anyone that's out there that's experienced loss, experienced heartache, experienced trauma, whatever kind it may be, Lord, I pray that you would just wrap them in your loving, protecting arms. Let them know that there's a peace despite despair, Lord. There is a comforter, Lord, and you're our comforter. God, I pray that you would just surround them with hope. Wrap them in your arms and let them know that it's going to be okay. might be difficult, but it's going to be okay because you're there. Lord, you are our healer. You're our sustainer. You're our hope, Lord. God, I thank you for what you've not only done in my life, Lord, but what I know you're going to do in somebody else's life that may be listening to this, that may hear about this, that may... May talk to somebody else about this, Lord. I pray that you would just use this as a as a platform for you, Lord, that you would just use this as a a testament of what you can do, what you can bring people through, Lord God, that we are we are but vessels, Lord, but as long as our vessels are full of you, God, there's nothing that we can't we can't get- get through or overcome, Lord, I pray that you would just be with everyone, comfort everyone, use this, use Titus's podcast, Lord, to just help other people, Lord, be, be that outlet for others to pour into when they need, need a hope, need, need to hear something when they're in despair, Lord, need something that'll encourage them, uplift them, Lord, I pray that you would lead and guide our words, our hearts, Lord, help us, Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this, we thank you for all you've done for us, we thank you for your peace and your comfort, Lord, we thank you for all you've been to us and all you're going to do. Jesus, in your name we ask and pray and thank you.
3: Amen.
1: Amen. <clears throat> so.
3: Speaking of forgiveness, did, and I'm not on all the details, but didn't your dad talk to the to, or the mother, the mother yes. and say, like, you guys, for, she, there's no hurt.
1: Are you guys okay? Or are you too hot? Because no. I know you're kind of in the sun now. I'm it's all right.
3: Yeah, right. I'm fine for now. Um, she,
2: yes, my dad met with her and her pastor. And, of course, she was devastated. apologetic, devastated for what her, her son, you know, did. But also grieving, too. For her You her know, son. she lost mm-hmm. her son. And mm-hmm. what, a way mm-hmm. what a way to lose. Go. What a way to lose mm-hmm. your son. I mean, I, we always say we would rather be in our shoes than mm-hmm. hers. So, you know, we would. And my dad told her. That day, she was just so apologetic and so so just sorrowful. And he told her, he said, "We forgive him. You know, we can't we can't hold no no hard feelings towards him. You know, Mm -hmm. and we definitely don't towards you. You know, there you've done nothing wrong. You know, there's nothing to forgive towards you. Mm -hmm. And because she was just beating herself up about it and just." sobbing and it was like you know what do you say Mm -hmm. you know my dad's sitting there apologizing to her losing her son Mm -hmm. you know and I mean it was it was honestly a powerful moment Mm -hmm. you know seeing that mm -hmm. seeing her being in the place she was in but also witnessing my dad be like we forgive you Mm -hmm. know it's okay Mm -hmm. you know he did what he did but that doesn't mean we're going to hate you and hate him and you know you don't there's no room for that there's Mm -hmm. no room for hate there's no room for unforgiveness that in itself is poison you know and yes he did speak with her and it was it was it was really really moving watching that and listening to that brought
3: some closure to her life uh
2: uh-huh it did. I'm sure it did. And she, she thanked us over and over again for even meeting with her.
3: Yeah.
2: She was like, I didn't think you guys would agree mm-hmm. to meet with oh, me. Oh, she requested it, too. Yeah. And <clears throat> so we were like, no. Yeah, she wanted to speak with us. She wanted to apologize. Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, there's nothing to forgive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's there's nothing to forgive. That was his choices, mm-hmm. not yours. And, yeah. you know, but so, it's the truth. You, it, you right. have to forgive.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that maybe we in this part of it so that i think the miracle thing was your brother and sister afterwards yes so you lost your brother your 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 7-year-old brother your 9-year-old sister mm-hmm. you guys were i mean were sugar almost sugar coating mm-hmm. what those several years had to have been like mm-hmm. what you guys faced you can't even put it in a podcast no. you don't have enough time no Cause you guys are living with that every day, but how much longer was it? What was the process? I mean, where you now your brother and sister from now,
2: they, uh, well, how that all came about is us kids. We were, you know, obviously we lost the babies Mm -hmm. of the family. So things were quiet, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're like, mom and dad, it's too quiet. We miss them. You know, we, we miss having young ones around. We miss them. And, of course, Mom and Dad did too, you know, and it was like, but, uh, you know, we're, Mom and Dad, we're past that. We <laughs> aren't having no yeah. more. You know, that's that's done and over. Mm-hmm. So, adoption was brought up, and, um, you know, my dad obviously was, he struggled. He was like, I, I just, I can't. Mm-hmm. I, he goes, I'm just, I don't feel right saying, sure, let's try that if I'm not fully on board. Yeah, yeah. And so, he was just right from the start, <clears throat> I can't. Like, that just, I, I just can't. And... So we just, us kids, just kept the begging, please. Mm-hmm. We we miss them because it was hard, you know. You you go from a fam five kids to three, and the three of us were older, the older ones. So you lose that instantly. the the little kids, the craziness, mm-hmm. the chaos. You lose that, and it was hard every day getting through every, you know, because you always had two people depending on you to help them get dressed, help them pick out clothes, feed them. That was gone, you know. All the rest of us, we could. We were right. do whatever we needed, and so my mom that her you know my mom missed that that was her babies, and so she was on board with the idea of okay yeah you know that we we could maybe do something like that we'll get figured out and she was on board with trying adoption. It was a little harder, but she was she missed mm-hmm. missed that you know, and a lot of people are like well we get this a lot were you trying to replace them no. You mm. can never replace nah, what's I lost. You have ne- right. you can't replace what's been lost. You mm-hmm. can't. You know, it's never going to be the same. But what we were trying to bring back was that sense of joy mm-hmm. in our home. Yeah. That laughter. And um, so my parents, after us begging them, let me think.
1: I was going to say, how long was Ashley that?
2: Ashley and John died in August of 2000. And then my mom, let me think, she lost because she... Well, I don't want to go too much into that. She ended up, we'll just go here. She talked my dad into it. My dad ended up going and getting a reversal mm-hmm. done in Texas. Mm-hmm. He ended up, they um, conceived, and we found out it was twins. We came up camping. Mm-hmm. My mom ended up having a medical emergency up here, almost oh, really? dying herself. She miscarried. That. Oh, maybe I do kind of. She miscarried what year both was of that? them. That would have been, the twins were born in O2. So that would have been oh one.
1: one Oh, wow. Okay. So,
2: yeah. So, oh one one we experienced loss again. Two babies.
1: She was pregnant with yeah. twins? With yeah, twins. I did not even know yeah, that.
2: She was pregnant with twins. I remember. And Miss came up here camping. How
1: far along was she?
2: Uh, I want to say right under four months.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. I did not know that. I don't know how I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, she was pregnant. We were up here camping. She ended up having <clears throat> a UTI that we didn't know about, and they feel like that triggered. Wow body to reject the pregnancy and we almost lost her up here she we had to get her we literally had that. to carry her out of the trailer load her in the truck I, it was it was again traumatizing scary us. traumatizing i literally would not leave my mom's side my dad was like no you stay here help clean up and i was like uh-uh I'm going with my mom, and thankfully I did because he's driving, so I'm in the back popping her, making her wake up because my mom was literally, she was going. Oh, my goodness. She had no color, no life in her, no nothing. And um, we get her down far enough to the ambulance from here, Mm -hmm. and they got her loaded up and took her um, to Fresno, and she ended up having to go through all of that stuff there. And, you know, of course, after you go through that, your body has to recover. Mm -hmm. So they were like, no, don't, don't. Even think about conceiving for a while, and so then she ended up getting pregnant again several months later with twins, twins again, mm-hmm. wow. and ended up being a boy and a girl. Mm. And uh, crazy is you know uh, you know a lot of people might think this is a silly detail, but to us it's important. It stands out at the mindfulness of God. Ashriel, you know Ashley was older than John mm-hmm. William. Ashriel came out first, mm. seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Sooner than John, J- than Josiah, and so you know, it's just the little details. Yeah. It's like oh, yeah. God just reminding you, I'm faithful,
3: and I, I remember you, mm-hmm. I
2: remember you, you mm-hmm. know. And
3: jo- jo- uh, John William was seven,
2: John William was seven when yeah. he passed away, and so just so many little details that go into mm-hmm. all of that. It's just unreal. Um, but, anyways, my mom had them, and Oh my goodness. They have been the light of our lives. <laughs> they have been
3: Josiah is so sweet. <sighs> they both are, but Josiah is just yes, uh, so they, sweet. Yes. They
2: they are and they're totally opposites yeah. as far as what they like, what they don't like. It's so funny, but they did, they literally instantly it was a void uh-huh. filled uh-huh. that, you know, yeah, Ashley and John's gone. You know, they're they're not coming back. But yet you can still, in mm-hmm. the midst of sorrow, have joy, mm-hmm. have peace, have a fulfilling mm-hmm. part of your life, taking care you know, something fulfilled in your life that that that's hurt, that void filled. And that's what they did. They mm-hmm. literally brought restoration to our home, to all of our lives. I, we tell them all the time, we don't even know what we'd do without you guys mm-hmm. here. And, you know, we always tell them as much as we miss Ashley and John, we would never ask them back because that'd mean we'd never have you two, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and if we didn't lose, we wouldn't have. So, you know, it's, it's, it's it's a miracle. Honestly, it 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 is. is. Yeah.
1: And that's what I was trying to bring this all to. It comes, you know, Mm -hmm. tragedy, but then, and yeah, the whole thing is just, yeah, there's,
2: you know, I tell people all the time, there is no matter how sorrowful, of a time you're going through in your life. Just remember there's always going to be uh-huh. beauty uh-huh. from those ashes, from uh-huh. that despair. There's always going to be something beautiful. Yep. You know, as long as you you hold on to hope, hold on to your faith, walk close to God, hmm. especially, you know, all the time, but especially when you're going through yeah. deep, deep, deep sorrow, you just you cling to that. Another thing that, you know, I like to always bring out is people are so quick, and I mean, I understand it quick to want to erase those memories. Mm-hmm. Once their loved one's gone, they want to erase mm-hmm. that. Hide the pictures, put this up, mm-hmm. forget the memories. I get that a lot. And don't do that. Okay. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Remember them, you know, Re- yeah. remember them. It, I promise it makes it so much grieving so much easier. Like I still to this day, every birthday, Ashley's birthday, every birthday of John Williams, and every August 23rd, I'm at the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And I sit there, I cry, you know, I, I get more out and every time I walk away, I feel so much better Mm -hmm. because of it, you know, and it's, it's so important in the healing process is to remember them. They were a part of your life. They mattered. Mm -hmm. They mattered when they were here. They should matter even when they're gone, you know? And for me, they significantly matter because if it wasn't for Ashley, I wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. So she saved me, you know, she, she saved me. God's grace saved me, uh-huh. you know, and, and ultimately John William, I always point out if it hadn't been him being the first one to go in his sleep and very well might've been me or Anna in yeah. our sleep, you know, yeah. or Ashley in her sleep. And then me and Anna left to fight, yeah. you know, John William was the first initial ultimate sacrifice in there asleep. Mm. Didn't even know couldn't even run if he wanted to, because he was asleep, you know, mm. couldn't even defend himself. But yet he took that and it bought us all more time you know and it's just it's amazing it's amazing how god works and his mindfulness of his own Mm -hmm. you know he's mindful and it's important to remember that you know even when i keep telling myself over and over again all the time i catch myself telling myself this every day is you know when you're going through difficulty or difficult times It's hard not to be, oh, "Oh, poor me, this is hard, you know, I'm sick of this, this, that, and the other. But, you know, don't shortchange God's faithfulness Mm -hmm. because all you got to do is look back. Look back, and his faithfulness is all over your life, Mm -hmm. you know, and that in itself will remind you, you know, he brought you through that, he'll bring you through it again. Whatever you're facing now, he'll bring you through that too and more, you know. You just got to stay faithful to him, he'll stay faithful to you, you know. Yep. But I, I don't know. God, God, he amazes me, amazes me. And every time I reflect back and rethink over everything, I'm just, it boggles my mind. Even that, you know, how, Mm. how did all that transpire and how are we where we are now? Mm. You know, I look at my kids and I think all the time, if it weren't for my sister and God's grace, you wouldn't be here, Mm. you know, and it's it's amazing you see his handiwork in everything that you look at mm-hmm. you know
1: oh i just lost my train of thought i was going to ask you something else um oh my goodness oh shoot. wish i wouldn't have <laughs> you <laughs> wish
3: you <laughs> wouldn't have interrupted her <laughs>
1: uh uh-uh. uh yeah 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 <laughs> if i don't if i don't say something in the moment <laughs> it's it's, it's gone but <laughs> <laughs> you're doing so good i didn't want to oh. cut in ah that's going to bug me too oh man what was I going to ask you? Hmm. Well, <clears> that this has been a long one, but it's been awesome to be. It's been awesome. And I appreciate, you know, I'm the kind of guy that if someone wants to talk to me, I, I, I want to be the person you can open up into and talk to. But I know it's been something you guys have shared so many times. So I figured it'd be something that We could have you guys on and do, you know, because you've already shared it. And I know so many people listen to this and it would, you know, I know it can help somebody out there. And, um, I know it's on me and if anybody, you know, share this and again, I'm not trying to use this story to grow anything. I'm using the story because it's a message, like you said, of hope. And my goal has always been to help people, whether it's kill more ducks or get their guy license or. With the spiritual side of things. And if it, there's so many hurting people out there, we all face so these. Many. S- we all face things. And I don't want to see anybody, I don't care if I know you from Adam, to go through anything and you have to go through it alone. There, there is someone out there, God and His Son Jesus, that can help you and strengthen you. And know that you're not the only one. You know, there's a, a, a story that. Um, I would say high chances are most people that are listening to this have never heard nothing like that probably in their life. Maybe, maybe read it in a book, but I surely have not heard it firsthand. So, I wasn't. I don't want to definitely want to take advantage of this, but share it around. If this, if you think you know somebody's going through something, send this to them. Let them hear the story of the carpenters and what they've went through and how God helped them and strengthened them. And through that tragedy, through that unbelievable storm and whirlwind of life not to just include the tragedy Mm -hmm. of what happened at your house but then losing your mom and dad losing and all the while they're not we all know they're not perfect you're not perfect but we know that we hold on to someone who is and that's what will help us get through it and through it make it so I wish I could remember mm-hmm. what I was gonna say.
3: <laughs> he's oh he's God. talking, so he, like, <laughs> no, I, yeah. I'm like I'm rambling. As soon as I hit,
1: turn the button off. But I appreciate you coming on, no, Vanessa. Thank you for asking. Thank you for sharing. Sure. So, to be honest with you, so eloquently, a lot of times I get on here and I stumble over my words, or I just always, I know people go nuts when I'm doing a podcast because I say I can't think of the word. But you very well spoken, <laughs> and you, and I appreciate you coming on and thank you, thank I you appreciate Sarah. The opportunity. Thank you, Sarah, for. Join us
3: for melting. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard. I I just hear tidbits. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Yeah.
1: So. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, we appreciate you tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next one.